You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello there and welcome to the OTI Podcast. My name's Colin Kelly bringing this show today. Today's show is going to be a little bit different to our regular layout. Usually, for those of you who aren't regular listeners to the OTI podcast, we talk about American football, in particular the NFL, and the subject is generally fantasy football. And uh, today's show is going to be different because we've been talking a lot of boxing on today's show. going to be joined by an up-and-coming boxing prospect, somebody who's really starting to make a name for himself on the world map, on the world stage of boxing, somebody who grew up very, very close to where I uh, grew up myself and where I currently live, and that is Jason Quigley. He is currently the North American Boxing Federation middleweight champion. Uh, he's had 13 fights, 13 wins, and he's uh, proven to uh, continue to rise up the ranks. Uh, unfortunately, at the moment, out with a broken hand, but uh, he's well on the way to recovery. We'll be talking about all of that, along with many, many more topics. Uh, his kind of growth and development since joining uh, with the Golden Boy Promotions under Oscar De La Hoya. He's currently based in LA. I know a lot of Irish boxing fans will be interested to hear this interview. And I know just going by our Twitter feed that a lot of uh, the regular OTI listeners are very, very intrigued to hear what Jason has to say. So looking forward to sharing it with uh, all the listeners and hopefully you know if you're a boxing fan or whether you're a regular listener to the OTI podcast make sure you continue to share it on Twitter my Twitter handle is at Overtime Ireland and uh, usually as I mentioned NFL talk but today it's going to be boxing talk because uh, this is a prospect I feel very very strongly about and uh, know quite well so uh, delighted to have him on the show recorded this one a couple of weeks back with Jason uh, he's obviously based in LA and uh, I'm scheduled to be going on my holidays at the start of June so I thought you know instead of having a week with no podcast we'll get podcast out and although it's not going to be nfl related it's going to be a good one for all the listeners to to tune into while i'm heading stateside heading to san francisco and then heading down to las vegas so looking forward to that and this was a way of filling in those two weeks of uh, time and obviously trying to get uh, a little bit more promotion for my guy uh, jason quigley here from donegal ireland as well as myself so i uh, thought you would be in for a little treat with this one before we get to the interview with Jason, just want to, you know, at the start of the show, I'd like to let anyone know that if they want to listen to us or subscribe to us, they can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all those ways that you can find podcasts. You can pretty much find the OTI podcast uh, in any of those directories that you do find podcasts, or whether you want to stream it maybe uh, on the website. The website is OvertimeIreland.com. And uh, on the site there as well, you have all the different ways that you can uh, subscribe to the show and get it each and every week when we have lots and lots of shows coming out uh, talking about the NFL and talking about fantasy football and much, much more. Sometimes uh, even have uh, current players uh, in the league on the show. So definitely do check that out. Great guests each and every show as myself and my partner in crime here at OTA, Doug Moore, jump on the podcast and talk uh, all things American football. So if you're an American football fan, if you're a sports fan, trying to try and understand a little bit more about the game, make sure you do hit that subscribe button and give us a rating and a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you tend to listen to them on and uh, continue to spread the word. And of course, follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. So with the plugs and so on and so forth out of the way, let's get uh, Jason on the show. Let's start talking about that. And I'll be back on the far side to talk a little bit more about uh, Jason and his career and uh, then wrap things up. So let's get into the interview with Jason. Soul of a Celtic warrior, make way for the fighting Irish. 
joined on the show by Jason Quigley. Um, you know, for our listeners, a typically an American football podcast, today is going to be one that is purely talking about boxing. Uh, we've had two episodes of the podcast. We've had uh, 250 episodes, and only two of them have been non-American football related, and uh, this is the second one. The first one was Jason's first appearance on the show. So, Jason, uh, since we talked last, you've been making you know huge waves over there in America, based in L.A., working with the team at Golden Boy Promotions and you've really uh, took a huge step up in class over the last couple of fights and you know I mentioned when you were on previously you're from not long uh, away from where I live here in Donegal you're from Donegal Ireland from Balla Buffet and uh, you know the the area around here is extremely proud of all the stuff that you've achieved over the the last couple of years but you're 13 and 0 now I mentioned based on uh, Golden Boy Promotions with Oscar De La Hoya as the promoter there but Really, it's been uh, the the last kind of year that you've really started to stamp a mark on the the world scene of boxing. I'm just going to go back to a little bit further than your last two fights and the fight previous to that when you fought James De La Rosa. I thought that was the first real big step up for you. It was a fight that I actually watched uh, via an internet stream on my phone in the middle of Christchurch in New Zealand. Uh, I was in New Zealand at the time. uh, It was your 11th fight and it was a real big step up in class because Della Rossa had, uh, you know, been kind of a prominent fighter at that there point. The fight went the distance. Was your first fight to go uh, the distance, and I think it was one that really started to show your your toughness as a fighter. You know, you have your nickname, uh, the El Animal, and uh, I think that was the the first time that really and truly that grit and determination. I know uh, I would call it kind of Irish or Donegal grit and determination, but the first time we really seen you you step up uh, in class and then go the distance was was that there a huge huge night for you in the ring? Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was the first time, to be honest, that I felt like a professional fighter. <laughs> you know, going the going the ten rounds, you know, waking it up the next day bruised and sore, and it kind of was my first reality check that okay, now you're in professional boxing. You know what I mean? And uh, it was something that uh, you know money can't buy that kind of experience. And, you know, that them's the kind of fights that are going to stand by me when I challenge and fight for world titles in the future. You know, like, this is... That was the stage that I was at in my career, you know, when I fought James De La Rosa. I had beat guys previous to that, guys that I was meant to beat, you know what I mean? And that's the way your professional career starts out. You know, you get in there, you get used to the, the whole setup and... You know, you get used to the commissions and the different, no headgears, different gloves, you know, everything like that. You know, it is a big change. Professional boxing is a lot different than amateur boxing. It's like two different sports. And, you know, fighting James De La Rosa that time was, uh, was a great step up for me and a great experience. And I think there is also a mix I think then, obviously, your last fight then on March 23rd, it was a big step up too because it was your first nationalized, nationally televised kind of fight. It was on ESPN on the, the Golden Boys kind of flagship show that's going to be on now. It was a huge opportunity for you. You fought Glenn Tapia. And, you know, it was one that obviously was on late here in Ireland. There was a lot of people up watching it. But getting to that main event, getting to that stage and then fighting somebody like Tapia and then obviously what happened in the fight with breaking your hand in the second round, it looked like... It was one of those fights that you were really dominating at the start. You know, we were kind of looking to see when was the knockout going to come. It looked that way. And then, obviously, I mentioned the broken hand. And I think, you know, a lot of people, if you had went into that fight and won in the second round, you know, everyone would be saying, oh, yeah, Jason Quigley, let's let's see where he's going now in the future. But I think, like that fight as well against James De La Rosa, it was a step up. And then, 
you had that opportunity to prove again your toughness, to fight a different way, to go the distance again, to win on, uh, you know, on the point system. And I just think that you learned far more uh, from winning in this, uh, on the distance than you would have if it was a second round knockout. I think you, you really probably learned a lot about yourself in that fight. Was there anything that when you were in that fight, did, you know, you, I, I'm sure you pretty much thought that you had it all anyway, but when you were in that fight, did you, were you surprised at, you know, the mental aspect of it, how you were able to see it out, you know, battle through some of those middle rounds where it looked like it was a little bit tough? Well, to be honest, you know, looking back now, after that fight, a lot of people were saying to me, how could you continue? Like, you know, you broke your hand, yeah. like, how could you go on and how could you keep throwing it and different stuff like this? And, at the end of the day, it never once entered my head, okay, I can't continue, or okay, I'm going to have to pull out or yeah. stop a fight here or something. That, that never once entered my head. You know, what came in my head was, okay, how do I deal with this? You know, let's let's get the victory, but how do I get it now with one hand? You know, and... Uh, that's just something that has been in me since I was a, since I was a young kid. I think you know just the the whole fact that I've moved out here, you know, to pursue a career and yeah. to follow my dreams of becoming a world champion. And it's no longer dreams no more. These are Realities. these are journeys yeah. exactly that I'm on now, and it's these are possibilities now. You know, it's not a it's not a dream of mine no more. It's a matter of when is it going to happen now. And, you know, that was just a stage in my career where I was like, okay, am I really going to let a broken hand <laughs> stop me from achieving, like, coming this far, you know what I mean? Yeah. And one sore hand, am I going to let that stop me? So in that fight, you know, I had to bite down the gummy shield and, you know, I had to, I had to hide the fact that I broke my hand because, as, as everybody who's seen it knows... Teddy Atlas and yeah, you know, all the commentators, everything like that, they had no clue that I broke my hand. You know, so for me that's a job well done because I, I had the fact that I broke my hand. Because I couldn't have let Tavia know that I broke my hand or he would have just piled on the pressure on yep, me. Yep. You know, I still had to throw it, but I wasn't throwing it with no power. You know, I was throwing it just to let him aware in his head that he knows that the right hand's still there and that it's not entering his head that, okay, why is he not throwing his right hand? He must have heard it. I'm going to capitalize. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with myself and what I did, the way that, you know, I came through that fight with one hand. But there's still a lot of learning to be done, you know what I mean? And that's, that's the fights that you need in your career. Those are the type of fights that make you a champion, not fighting for the world title. Those are the fights there that make you prepared for the controversies and for the changes that comes in world title fights. Yeah, because it's you know when you're under that pressure and you really have to dig deep. You know they say iron sharpens iron, and I think you really find out a lot about yourself in those kind of adverse situations. And when you battle through to the other side, obviously it's a, a huge help. Further down, you'll have them lessons uh, learned. You'll have that experience in your pocket uh, for future fights. Obviously, I mentioned the broken hand. Uh, the surgery was successful. Your hand was in pretty bad shape with that torn tendon. How's uh, the recovery going? And uh, the other question I have when you answer with the recovery, the pain in the fight, you mentioned hiding it. Did Was it during the fight, did you realize how bad it was or was it kind of after when the adrenaline wore off that you, you started to see this is pretty bad? Yeah, well, the like I'll answer your first question, you know, with the recovery, you know, everything everything's going great with, with the recovery. 
surgery and everything went well. The surgeons delighted, doctors and all are happy. I'll be starting now my rehab on Tuesday, you know, getting the muscles back now to stretching them out a little bit, you know, getting them loose again because obviously they're all stiffened up and from being stuck in the one position and going through the trauma that they went through. Yeah. So now it's just time to loosen everything up, get everything back to work in order again. And, you know, it's all about being patient right now. You know, being patient, looking after yourself, making sure the recovery goes well, and uh, we'll be back to action then again. You know, but in the, in the fight, yes, of course, you know, I felt I felt it right away. I felt the pain. Um, it was in the second round that I felt it first, and I knew there was something wrong. Like, you know, I felt the pain as soon as I landed. It was just an overhand right, over, overhand right. And after that, I, I, I was like, okay, I can't really throw this with the same conviction anymore, you know what I mean? I can't let it go the same way as it is. So I was throwing it, but with no real power or no real bad intentions with it. I was just throwing it to keep him aware. And then I kind of forgot myself, whether it was in the fifth or sixth round. And just an opening came, I seen an opening, he dropped his left hand or whatever happened. And just instinct took over and I just let the right hand go and... I've never felt pain like it before. You know, it was just, I just felt the pain shoot straight through my hand and up my arm. And right then I knew uh, <laughs> I don't damage, like, yeah. you know, and not to happen to my own hand. <laughs> so, uh, not the type of damage you wanted that, to do. No, definitely not. You know, so after that, then I just had to, had to suck it up, bite down in the gun shield, and, uh, I just had to go with the flow then, you know, and uh, use my skills and use my experience and, you know, get through the fight in any way possible. You know, sometimes it's uh, get the one and look good tomorrow. You know what I mean? And that's exactly what I had to do. It wasn't the prettiest of victories, you know, but this is boxing. You know what I mean? We get in, we get in through those ropes and uh, we get in there and we're ready to, we're ready and we're prepared to get hurt. You know what I mean? We're, it's not in our head that we're getting in there thinking, okay, I'm going to get hurt here. It's just naturally in our head that you might break something. You're going to yep. bleed. You're going to get hurt. This is boxing. You know, this isn't a, a dancing competition or anything like that. And uh, these things are going to happen. So this is part and parcel of the game. You know, you suck it up. I didn't complain. You've seen my interview on, on ESPN and everything yep. after it. You know, they seen my hand. That was the first time they actually seen my hand. It was swollen up a little bit. Well, it was swollen up a lot bit, but, you know, they says to me, did you hurt your hand? And I just says, yeah, I hurt the hand, but, you know, it's all good. And I just carried on with the conversation. You know, Glenn Tappy is a great fighter. He's a very tough fighter. I had him on the way out a few times. Um, I couldn't capitalize on it. Was it because I broke the hand? Was it not? I don't know. You know what I mean? I still had my left hand. Maybe I could have got him out of there. But, you know, situations change for different reasons. And I hurt the hand, and that's what happened. I went back to my boxing skills. I wasn't looking for knockouts then. After that, I wasn't looking, you know, to put the pressure on and to land big bombs. I was looking to outbox them, and that's exactly what I did. Um, Obviously, you usually return home pretty close to after a fight, uh, back to Donegal. But was it a case this time, Jason, that with the surgery, with the rehab process, was that what delayed your return home? I know that you've you've planned to come back to to Ireland in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, that was. uh, I think that was the most (laughs) sickening part of everything. Not being able to come back right away after it. 
didn't, I didn't care about the ham. <laughs> I had the bells and was ready. To, I was ready to come home. Yeah. But um, now nah, you know it is what it is, and you know this is. You can sit back and you can look at it and be like, oh, you know, I broke the hand and um. <laughs> I'm not stuck in one of the worst places in the world. I'm yeah, stuck in LA for the next few weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I could be stuck in worse places, but um, not nah, like as I said, it is what it is. Um, I just had to suck it up, and uh, you know, I've been kept busy. You know, checkups every week. You know, with the doctor, making sure the hand and everything's all good. And you know, when you're as passionate and determined of about this sport and you're as determined as I am to become the best, you know, you look after your body and, you know, it didn't cause me a thought to stay any longer or anything like that because yeah. I knew what I was doing was exactly what I needed to be doing for my recovery. And, uh, you know, if I had to stay another month now, I had to stay another month. That's the way it is. But, you know, I'm lucky enough now I'll be able to get back home and I'll finally be able to take our belt home to the house now and I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah, and I know, I know uh, just prior to your last fight, I've seen it building with each fight that you've had, but prior to the last fight, there was a lot of buzz around uh, the county in particular, a lot of talk about the fight coming up, people staying up late at night to watch it and heading to work the next day with their eyes a little bit uh, shut as they head into work. But, uh, you know, a lot of people are excited about you taking the, the belt back when you do get a chance to come home. But I know you have a lot of pride about where you come from and so on. The support at home is bound to be very, very positive for you. But rather than just the support at home, I know there's a lot of people that also travel out to your fights uh, all the way to the States and uh, obviously that must uh, mean a huge amount when you see those Irish faces uh, in the crowd when you're you know you're heading to the ring or maybe maybe it's uh, something that when you're just so locked into the end of the fight that it's hard to take notice of that but I'm sure after the fights it really means a lot well I just want to say you know everybody when I do come home they're usually saying to me why did you get them out of there so early we stayed <laughs> up so late to watch the fight yeah. and at least now they got they got entertained they got their so I can't be I can't be hearing that excuse now when I come home, but nah, look, at the end of the day, the the support is absolutely unbelievable. It really is. And, you know, every fight, as you says, it's growing and I can see it. Um, it's just, honestly, there's there's no way to describe it. It's just, I just feel so proud. I feel blessed. I feel, you know, I'm so appreciative of everything that, people are doing for me back at home and the support like it's you know I'm a long way from home out here like it's it's not just across the water to England or anything yeah. like that I'm a long way from home and you know it can get hard times and you know but to know the support that you have and to feel and hear the support whenever fight week and fight night that's unbelievable like it really it really grows you and whenever you're walking to that ring the the proudness you have walking to the ring with all Irish calling you and shouting for you and everything and that's only out here now you know what I mean and I I understand the amount of people back at home that are doing it as well like the amount like there was a stage where I used to be able to get back to nearly everybody you know that wished me well and stuff like that (laughs) But now it's just impossible. Yeah. Like it really is, and sometimes I feel bad, like that I can't reply to it because that's what I used to do. And you know, I hope people aren't thinking, "Oh, because he's getting bigger now, he's not replying." Like it's just practically impossible to get back to everybody. So many, you know. But I just, I'll take the opportunity now, you know, to 
just to say thanks to everybody whoever's listening and you know the the support is unbelievable and it and it means the world to me it really does it just it gives me that extra one you know walking to the ring it really does and uh, a couple of more things before we wrap up obviously i mentioned as well your fan base here it's obviously growing in la i know you have a great uh, team there behind you you know in the gym as well as your media side of things with rachel uh, and rachel charge a great part of that there and helping on social media spread the word of all your fights and so on uh, the latino community in particular is really taking you on down there but i wanted to kind of get your perspective uh, you know on fight build-ups has it each fight has it got bigger and bigger. Is your your training schedule have to change around that a little bit with uh, more media duties and that uh, from that side of things, or do you just find that you just take it in your stride as you you kind of have been a stepping stone each time along the way and get used to it as it progresses? To be honest, you know I really enjoy all the media. Um, I like it because it gets you away from the seriousness and the hardship of training. Yeah. You know, it's a kind of a more enjoyable part of everything, a part of the sport. I really enjoy it because. You know, leading up to a fight, you're making weight and, you know, you're thinking of your opponent and everything like that. So I enjoy it and the fact that it takes me away from that. You know, it gives me that wee bit of refreshment and, you know, that wee bit of uh, enjoyment away from thinking about making weight and concentrating on your opponent. You know, I think everything should be done in small measures, you know what I mean? Everything has its own bits and pieces and... For me, I like to mix everything up. You know, I love to do media. I love to talk to, you know, all the interviewers, radio stations, TV, all that there. You know, of course, as long as it doesn't, you know, take up all my day and I can't get in training and I'm tired and everything, you know, but that's where I have a great team. And as I says, Rachel looks after all that as well. And, you know, Sheer Sports and Golden Boy, you know, they really, really do look after me. And teamwork makes the dream work and that's exactly what's <laughs> happening right now yeah and i know you mentioned uh, doing the media stuff obviously you've done some commentary stuff as well with espn i've seen you doing some stuff you know last week prior to the the canelo fight you're doing some stuff there with espn as well and it's always good to get those clips because like us we want to get as much jason quickly as we can here try and hear what's going on you know with the hand try to hear all these things to see when the next fight's coming up there's obviously you know Canelo now is fighting against Triple G and that's going to be an interesting one. I've heard you talking this past week about possibly if your hand is okay when you go back for this update that you might get your way onto that card. Is that a realistic expectation or do you think it might just come too soon for you? As soon as I heard the announcement I didn't know whether to get excited or whether to kind of be a bit annoyed at it because I won't be honest but it was kind of mixed emotions because we're just seeing how everything is going right now with the hand. Yeah. You know, if, if everything is going well, the hand feels good, yes, I'll be back and yes, I'll be on that card. You know, if everything, you know, I'm still 25 years of age. I've yeah. got loads of time. Um, I don't need to rush anything right now. You know, yeah, I have patience. a bright future. Yeah. I have a bright career ahead of me. And, you know, this is where people can make mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm ready to fight whenever my hand is ready. Mm. Of course, it would be great to be on the Canelo GGG card. It would be unbelievable. But there will be bigger fights. There will be bigger cards ahead. And, you know, I will be on them. And hopefully I'll be headlining my own in the near future also yeah you made you made a good point there you know it's kind of one of those things you just have to be patient there's no point in going in in that fight and you know the hand getting re-injured rushing it back losing the fight you just need to take that patience although you would love to be on it if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out and there'll be plenty more big nights uh, for Jason Quigley in the future possibly even at some stage uh, a fight back here in Ireland it's great to see 
you know so many fantastic Irish boxers Katie Taylor's really dominant in the minute on the women's scene you have Michael Conlon as well who made his debut recently and is going to be fighting again shortly so it's great to see kind of you know there's lots and lots of names but the three you guys would really be up there at the top of that list for me and uh, it's always fantastic watching you's fight uh, Jason as always it's been a pleasure having you on the show and talking to you and I hope all the listeners uh, enjoy tuning in here and all the stuff that you've had to say and uh, we just uh, wish you best in the recovery from from that hand injury and hopefully uh, whether it is on that triple g card or if it is a, a month or two later um we get to see you in action again with a, another win and continue to get to that 14 and 0 i think it's onward and upward for you and uh, as i say everyone here and uh, in, in the entire country and i know the fan base is growing stateside as well so uh, until that fight whenever it shall be uh, just wish you the best of luck in, in your recovery Top class, appreciate it, and thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. have it that was Jason Quigley Irish professional boxer with Golden Boy Promotions he is now the North American Boxing Federation middleweight champion and I think it's onwards and upwards for Jason we'll see how he goes whether he gets uh, clearance on the hand by the time you listen to this the clearance might already have been given they might be uh, getting some rumours towards a match uh, see if he gets on that Triple G uh, card versus Canelo or if it's a little bit later we uh, did do some uh, conversations after we finished recording had a few jokes whether we hear if uh, Mayweather versus Conor McGregor happens to be announced and maybe sneak on to that one so we'll see what happens we'll see where his next fight is but I have to just say thanks once again for Jason for the time uh, coming on the show I really appreciate his time and talking to him and uh, I have to say a quick shout out to Rachel Charge as well he mentioned her there uh, part of the media team there and I have to say that she does a fantastic job in promoting Jason and uh, always very very helpful and uh, anytime uh, we need to get anything set up so thanks again to Rachel for that uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if Jason does get back as well he obviously he really wants to try and get a fight in Ireland at some point in his career so I'm looking forward to seeing it and obviously with Michael Conlon as well uh, his contract that he has with top rank also sees him fighting uh, and his contract to fight once in Ireland per year so we'll see uh, how all that shakes out and uh, looking forward to seeing top Irish uh, boxing prospects turn into top Irish uh, world champions so uh, fantastic having him on the show if you want to follow Jason on Twitter, it is at J underscore Quigley. That is J-A-Y underscore Q-U-I-G-L-E-Y. Follow all the stuff he's got going on and the upcoming fights and the promo videos for his trend and so on. It's always good to get that kind of, get some behind the scenes footage as well. So uh, really, uh, really good stuff there. That is at J underscore Quigley. My name's Colin Kelly and this is the Overtime Ireland podcast. If you want to come back, if you're here listening for the first time, maybe you're a boxing fan, but maybe you're also an American football fan and uh, want to get some more NFL news uh, on a weekly basis with great guests and great content, be sure and check us out. Uh, give us a, a written and a comment on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe and come back uh, on a weekly basis and, and listen to all the podcasts that we've got going on. And uh, I guess uh, that's all that I've left to say on today's show. As you listen to this, I'm probably... 
uh, somewhere uh, in the states whether it's san francisco or, or las vegas uh, hopefully having a, a great time to myself and hopefully you've had a great time listening to the show and until i'm back uh, next week with another podcast uh, keep spreading the word of the show and until then have a good one thank you for listening to the overtime ireland american football podcast please follow us on twitter at overtime ireland Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production. If you're looking for some new NFL merchandise, be sure and check out the promo code we have got going on with NFL Shop Europe. Uh, All you have to do is at checkout, enter the code OTI10, save 10% off all orders on NFL Europe Shop. Their website is europe.nflshop.com and they have the same range of great clothing available as you see on nflshop.com. So it's the European equivalent but has all the same great merch and uh, be sure and check it out if you're looking for some new uh, hats or jerseys, anything really NFL related. Uh, you can even get clothing and jerseys for your dog. So in case you want to go crazy and uh, buy some merch like that there, just use that code OTI10 while you're checking out. They kick back a little bit to the OTI podcast and... Uh, Of course, you'll uh, end up with some fabulous merchandise for uh, a 10% savings as well. So that is OTI10 and the website is europe.nflshop.com.